Welcome to Ask Matron, episode two. My name is Robin Barker. I am a mental health nurse um, with thousands of minutes of experience. And I'm joined by my colleague, who's probably more on the thousands of hours, <laughs> thousands of years, thousands of days, thousands of days. We'll, we'll yeah, go with yeah, that. Careful, you're not uh, that far away. <laughs> nurse Chris Kerr. Hello, good evening. We are really pleased that you've joined us. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed episode one that we've released already and we are very happy to have you back again on this episode we're going to be looking at when things don't go to plan (laughs) you could say that about this venture so far when it comes to our (laughs) technological prowess i've never had any technological prowess so that's all down to you because chris has never used any technology (laughs) (laughs) so she's completely avoided it this is a podcast that is uh, aimed at student nurses and people with an interest and experiences that student nurses going through. And uh, we've got to be really clear in stating this is for information and entertainment. And it's not for instruction. There will be some questions that we might get asked that we're not going to answer because they relate very much to clinical practice. And we are placed to ask the questions that you might not feel comfortable asking. Yes, or that you think that you can't possibly ask it because it's a bit too silly. Yes, too silly, too simple. That could kind of describe the pair of us. (laughs) (laughs) You're the simple one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. Well, there's a... Anyway, swiftly moving on. Uh, I think we'll take an email first, shall we? Well, we've got to tell people where they can contact us. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so we are on Twitter, at AskMatron. And you can follow the hashtag and follow the conversation at hashtag AskMatron. Or alternatively, you can email at AskMatronPodcast at gmail.com. And why do you read out the email to it? <laughs> the email address, Chris? Why have you got the responsibility <laughs> on the email? Because I can use email. Okay. <laughs> Whereas you had to get your glasses out earlier to look at the Twitter. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and your point is? <laughs> My point is we've got to move swiftly on to the, to the first question. Um, So we've got an email from Richard and he writes, I'm feeling completely overwhelmed and I'm not sure nursing is for me. I guess what I would say is there are times, no matter what career you're in, that you feel completely overwhelmed. And it's very difficult, I think, for people in healthcare professions because actually you tend to be overwhelmed, not from a workload point of view necessarily, but from the emotion side. Mm. Um. Quite and often. from the workload. Well, and from the workload. <laughs> yeah, but actually, you know, a lot of people can cope with high workloads, but when mm. you start to add things in, actually that's when resilience starts to to drop off, isn't it? No, I, I, I agree with that. I think that I, I absolutely can kind of empathize with that uh, that situation of feeling overwhelmed. And I think especially if that's happening early on when you're a student nurse, that can be a real challenge yeah. to, to to cope with that so I guess my my help my advice around that is that actually that that's a it's a good thing I think you know for me in that idea that you, you're being challenged as to this career that you've chosen that it is difficult and you've got to ride through that feeling overwhelmed because I think that many of your other nursing colleagues one of the other student nurses on your course will be feeling overwhelmed I, I certainly felt overwhelmed Absolutely. as a student nurse. <laughs> but it's not just as a student nurse, is it? It's, no, it's true. You know, it, I have to say there are points in your career that that will never go away. There are times in your career that you will feel completely overwhelmed. Let's well, not leave, let uh, Richard lose but, all hope. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but 
what I was going to say was that actually you you get much quicker at identifying when you're starting to feel overwhelmed and mm. the support networks that you put into place become much better and much more established. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, you might not have gotten to know your your peers on your course and your tutor and your kind of link lecturers who can be a really valuable source of talking through some of these quite complicated emotional feelings. Yeah, and I can guarantee that you will certainly not be the only one on your course who feels like that. And it might be. You might have found yourself thinking that I wanted to be a kind of conquering general nurse, but actually you want to join us on the mental health side. I was constantly trying to recruit people <laughs> from the other branches to come into to mental health. So um, I, I think that's also worth thinking about. And know. there is some degree of flexibility if it's something like that. Mm. But that's why you need to, to be honest, firstly with yourself and once you've identified what actually the issue is, is to identify the right person to go and get some support from. We go, I'll do an email, shall I? I think I've got an email. I know this is your, this is your inbox, Chris. <laughs> so uh, we've got an email from Joanne that says, I'm about to take some time off from my course to have surgery. Should I let them know I'm training to be a nurse? <sighs> that's a whole minefield, isn't it? I, I, I'll say something that's re related in a sense that I can't. I am awful at dropping in any conversation with any health <laughs> setting where I'm in a person capacity. I happen to mention as well that I'm a nurse. Do you? <laughs> I do. Oh, I see, terrorize I am the my complete opposite. Really? Yeah. I terrorize my GPs. <laughs> I, I, I would have sat down for thirty seconds before I've been like <laughs> dropped into the conversation that I'm a nurse. <laughs> no, no, I am the complete opposite, and oh. it's it. I guess it depends. The problem is the more you become almost inculcated into the way that healthcare professionals speak and the way they act, actually, it becomes very difficult to not highlight that you're a nurse. So I, I won't necessarily say, well, I won't ever say I am a nurse, but usually I get asked that question because of the way that you portray yourself. I personally wouldn't go out of my way to highlight that fact. And I guess as a student nurse, it's not so bad, but when you become a more senior nurse actually people are terrified of you yeah that's true and I also think that, that this might be a risk for being a student nurse or, or a qualified nurse is that if you are identifying yourself with that that you make it clear that you, know, you want to know more about what's going on as, as a result Absolutely. maybe some of the language can be yeah. perhaps a little bit more technical because you've got some understanding of some of the medical terminology yeah. but I, I would really worry in that sort of surgical situation like I, I still want to know what's going on Don't and that's I think it's a really fine line because actually you know, saying on it, well, in that case, you know all about this then, don't you? Absolutely. And and actually, you don't because it's happening to you. Yes. So, Or I'd be thinking, I might understand how this surgery emotionally makes me feel. Yes. <laughs> I don't, yes. I wouldn't know anything about how it would physically happen. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, but the flip side of that is actually it gives you great insight as to what it's like to be a patient. Yes. That, you know that these people are scared and they're coming to you for help and actually you know that whole kind of experience that you're having with a little bit of knowledge mm. may be worse or better than someone who's coming in who has no idea about what's going on because sometimes ignorance is bliss maybe it's trying to make something out of that experience using that experience of being the patient on the patient journey what can you take from that to bring back in into being a student nurse because i spend a lot of time thinking about some of the pathways that I'm involved in being a part of from a professional point of view and thinking, 
what is this like you know for a patient to go through these yeah often I don't think it's great I think that's the challenge so if you can use that to start that conversation I don't actually think we've helped Joanne no so you've given her one point of view and I've given her another point of view <laughs> You can take your picture, Anne. I think we we, we said there. Whatever are, you feel like. Yeah, there there are there are pluses and minuses. <laughs> Maybe halfway through, you know, <laughs> like if if you're going to require any, uh, you yeah, know, post surgery, perhaps I don't know. Yeah, sure, exactly. Shall we go? I wish you take well, another question. I, well, yes. Shall I? Oh, now I have to say this. This one did make me laugh on Twitter, so I'll I'll say this. So Michelle on Twitter. <laughs> Um, this is great. Can we just say we love Michelle? This is this is the best tweet we've found I so far. I have to say it is brilliant. Um, so I have just bleeding cut my foot open while getting my stuff ready for placement, followed by three crying face emoticons. <laughs> for a student nurse, I hate the sight of my own blood. Classic. I think that's great. And actually, I know quite a few people who work in ED that are fine if it's anyone else's blood, but if it's their own, they get to feel a bit queasy. And I think think that's down to it's happening to you rather than someone else and you have to deal with it with yourself rather than dealing with someone else and be focused on that no I, and, I, and I think that's absolutely you know something about being a professional and you kind of put your professional hat on you put your student nurse hat on you put your nurse <laughs> but it hat hurts on, you know exactly <laughs> we throw it all out the window as soon as uh, we become the patient almost you know as soon as things don't go to plan for us and we might go ah yeah yeah I I have to say it's that is that made my day reading that tweet, I have to say. Thank you very much, Michelle. No, that's um, really good. On a serious note, that is no reflection at all on your ability of being a nurse. I don't think I would like to see my arm at right angles, but I would be quite happily dealing with someone whose arm is at right angles. So shall we go on another Twitter question from Kirsty? And she writes, what are your recommendations when you're having a low day? What are your recommendations, Chris? What my re- so everyone has low days, regardless as to what profession you're in, what you're doing. Everyone has low days and it's important to recognise that you are allowed to have a low day. You don't have to be the happy, smiley person that everyone expects you to be. I guess it's recognising that it doesn't last mm. and that usually it is only a day or a couple of days. And it's about having something outside of work if it's make if if work is obviously the issue that's making you feel low, that you have something outside of work that you can, you know, relieve your stress or or whatever. So some people swim, some people run, you know, go to the pub with some friends and have a few drinks. Usually quite a good uh, source of stress relieving, isn't it, for student nurses? I hear. That's what I um, hear. <laughs> obviously, that was quite a long time ago for me, and I wouldn't, you know, Chris, drink. Chris at did all. her training, and she lived in the convent. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I know I agree with that, Chris. I think that it's l- low days happen, you know, high days happen. But I think that they are they are part and parcel of, of that kind of student experience, especially. I found training so tough. Yes. I describe it frequently as the worst two years of my life. There were lots two of... Two years, see, smarty pants. Oh, well, that, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I did the postgrad route coming out of that. But, but it was all that condensed into two years. And there were lots of low days. There were lots of amazing days. But it was really tough. And, I, and it's also really important, actually, that you don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Because mm. it's it's very easy to think, do you know, I can't do this anymore. Yes. I've had enough of this. And quit because you can't see a way out or think of doing something else when actually it passes. And it may be that you're on a placement that you don't particularly like, but knowing that actually that's a finite amount of time. 
and in however many weeks time or however many days or hours or minutes however you want to count it it will be over and there are things that you can do to try and make things better and think about where you've got your support you might have loved ones you might have family that can be as supportive when when things are things are really tough whether that's on placement or with expectations from the university that there, there will be times when, when that's really useful it might as well be relying on the others that are in your group if you form those relationships mm-hmm. I would absolutely it's, it's kind of joked about like oh going out with your group and it all being just about getting down the pub and and, and blowing off steam but there's something around building up a network of peer absolutely. support during your training and that that was vital for me to get through that that time was having that peer support of my my friends then who are now my colleagues in different settings and building up that network and also knowing that there are other things that you might be able to access depending on where you're studying I I guess I'm thinking and what it is you know if it's around a, a specific clinical event that has happened in practice especially if you think about the your first cardiac arrest, your first Mm. death, those kind of things that tend to stick in people's mind and affect people profoundly because actually you wouldn't be human if it didn't. And that's what makes good nurses is that actually you recognise that this is a hideous situation. But if that's happening in practice, then actually there are things within practice that can help and support you to do that. So having a debrief with your mentor, speaking to your link lecturer, recognising that that this will happen, but actually the way you deal with it changes. And and thinking as well, exactly if, if it's something within practice or, or, or to do with being a student nurse, but it could equally be something that has to do with your personal life. Yeah. Like life doesn't stop when you're on a nursing course. No. In fact, it can often get more complicated Absolutely. because you might suddenly go from working hours that, people can understand working hours that nobody makes sense of yeah and it's recognizing especially amongst family and I don't I'm, you know I'm not sure whether you found this or not working in cams but you know working shifts is pretty horrific sometimes mm. you know you get a phone call saying oh everyone's coming for dinner on Sunday uh can you come and you're like uh no because I'm on nights or yeah. I'm on a day shift and actually it it took some members of my family quite a long time to recognize that they couldn't ask me the week before and expect me to be at events but yeah. actually if it is an important event and if everyone else is going you feel like you're missing out I suddenly realized that nobody in my friendship group liked to plan things ahead of time <laughs> I was trying to book in stuff with them because I got you know six weeks worth of rota yeah. and it was like yeah. no I, I can do something on this Friday night you yeah, know yeah, and, and they were like yeah well we'll determine that Friday afternoon <laughs> it's like no but yeah I can't do things last minute but also as well, it's something to, to think about is that your university will almost always have support that's yes. there. Look and check that out with your university and, and access it because there will be those same systems that you can access when you're working for different trusts in the future. They'll yep. have their occupational health yep. support. So don't be afraid to access that. And your Make colleagues that you're working with, both your student colleagues and your colleagues on the ward, will probably have experienced pretty similar feelings to what you're feeling now. And if there is someone that you think that you can talk to within those areas, use them. Uh, that's really good, Chris. I think we, we've talked about a lot of feelings. I feel like uh, we, we need to put the kettle on now. And oh, do you know, that's a great plan. Encourage you to do that. So thank you so much for listening to the second episode. We really hope you'll join us again. 
you can please tweet us your questions um, for future editions on at AskMatron on Twitter. Follow the conversation on hashtag AskMatron. Or email us, obviously me, actually, uh, AskMatronPodcast at gmail.com. And I believe we're talking about student nurse identity next time. Okay. So that would be quite nice. Any questions you have, please send them in. Chris hasn't done a podcast before. No, I am a podcast virgin. Right. Well, I'm here to take your virginity. Right. <laughs> well, and this is what we call in the podcast trade. This is an edit point. This is this is <laughs> this is where we we pause silently and then we'll come back in uh, with, with an entirely new segment that was not what we just recorded.